c'est vrai. Je suis un ananas. Now, in the uh, towers of uh, Edmonton... I'm not a Tory. I don't speak on both sides. I do not use crack cocaine, nor am I an addict of crack cocaine. Welcome back to Fat, French, and Fabulous. We didn't have time last week to get through all the material we wanted on William Lang Mackenzie King, especially all of the really great shit about him talking to the dead. So we'll be picking up where we left off last week. Literally, I just cut the recording right in the middle. We're going to jump right back into it. Enjoy. We're so far off topic now. So far off so topic. So far off topic. Back to William Lang Mackenzie King. Back to him! So this is what gets us into the King-Bing affair. The power of the monarchy is supposed to be theoretical in Canada. Yeah, I mean, the governor general's there to look pretty and sign things. Yeah, like, so our head of state is the queen, and we have a representative of the queen who's technically in charge. Like, he he and or she and or they. I would like to have a... I don't think we've ever had a (laughs) non-binary. I mean, we have... That's the next... We're going to break through. That's the next glass ceiling. I feel like currently the Governor General's main purpose in Canada is to give out an annual book award, which is like, this is where my nerd is coming through. We give out like a really important book award and then you sign things. Mm -hmm. And then occasionally you tell Stephen Harper that he has to stop proroguing the government. Yeah. And that's the extent of your duties. So like the Governor General technically... Technically rules over us all. Yeah, like, is technically the ruler of Canada, but it's mostly hypothetical. I really hope that I live to see a governor general go rogue and just claim all of the power that is theoretically theirs. Well, here's a fun fact. This is the first time a governor general did go rogue. Oh, good, 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 good. This I, is I was born too late to see it. You were born too late to see it. Maybe it'll happen again. <laughs> yeah. You're too right for your, late for your revolution and too late for your rogue governor general. I feel like I want to be governor general, but probably by having an existing recording of me saying I would go rogue, I'm probably no longer eligible. <laughs> probably not. Probably not. You're also not anywhere near boring enough. Damn it. <laughs> Shit. So King says, I'm forming government. And the governor general is all like, dude... Just let the conservatives rule for a little bit. I mean, come on. This is somewhat paraphrased. I would hope so. And Bing, by the way, is the name of the governor general. Bing. That's who Bing is. Bing. So the search engine was the king. Yeah. And then the search engine said no government for you. Yeah. So like this is called the King Bing affair, but it is also known as the King Bing Wing Ding (laughs) and the King Ding Wing Bing thing. All of our scandals are dumb. All of them them are dumb. All of them are dumb. I hate... All of them. This is one of the biggest scandals in Canadian history, and it is dumb. I've never heard of it till today. This is... My life was going perfectly well without ever knowing about the King Ding Wing Bing Thing Shing Ding. It's the King Bing Wing Bing. Oh, I don't even know anymore. I don't know. Fuck it. King Bing Wing Ding Thing. Sounds like a font. Mm Mm-hmm. One of those weird ones that no one uses. Yeah, it's like a font made of pictures. So... He refuses. He insists that he's going to keep governing. Can you do that? Can you go, fuck you, Governor General? I'm the government. I guess. Apparently you none can. Of, none of our rules are written down. None of our rules are written down. <laughs> you can do and this is what happens. What happens is, like, you often have uh, constitutional issues where people are like, okay, so what's the rule? And people are like, I think it's this. I think it's this. And no one actually knows because no one actually decided. This was not so much intended to be a country 
as uh, <laughs> like, a business. Like an outlet mall of countries. Yes. <laughs> That's all we are. We ran out of beaver pelts and everyone was like, well, fuck them. Let them do what they want. So King manages to do this for a little while, but then there is a high up appointee to the Department of Customs who is found to be taking bribes. Wow, a custom scandal. We continue yes. to suck. <laughs> so boring. So, so boring. boring. What is customs even in night? What does it even look like in the I 1920s? I don't know. What? I literally don't know. <laughs> like, you're taking too many pennies out of these, like, felt hat sales. You have to go. Yeah, so anyway, the progressives are outraged. And King needs them right. to continue governing. Because without them, he can't. He doesn't have enough votes. That's right. None of his shit will pass. So to avoid a vote that would censure his government and force it to dissolve and him to resign, King asked Bing to call an election. Bing refuses, which habitually the governor general is not allowed to do. Like no, this the, is true. The prime minister asks the governor general to uh, dissolve parliament, but the governor general isn't allowed to say no. <laughs> no, this is true. This is why Canadians on average, have an election every 105 days. Basically. Because we are allowed to, we don't have set elections, we're allowed to throw them whenever the fuck we want. And it is the tendency of whoever the governing party is to just throw them whenever it is politically advantageous. Sometimes they mistake. <laughs> Sometimes it's a miscalculation. But yeah, it's just like, I don't know, things are going pretty well right now. Fuck it, election. Basically. That's, that's Canadian And government. that's usually fine, but sometimes it isn't. Which is why the most conservative province in the country, is currently ruled by the Socialist Party. We're sitting like six blocks from her right now. <laughs> right now. I can feel her. I can feel her. Yeah, okay. This is <laughs> this is why we have... <laughs> you need adult supervision. I haven't ate paste recently. That's great. That's great. We were you working on proud. that. This was one of our goals. Jessica eats less paste in 2017. And da, I think da, da, da. you're doing a marvelous job. 2017 is going to be a good year. I can feel it. I'm going to have, my teeth will be less sticky mm. in the coming year. That is all I want. That is all I need. So, Bing refuses repeatedly. Repeatedly. King keeps asking, and he keeps saying, Bing, Bing just keeps saying, no, just let the, just let the conservatives do it. Just let the conservatives do it. Just let them form a government. For goodness sakes, just follow the own, like, the, the actual habits and customs of your country. So, King finally resigns. Notably at this time, the conservatives didn't really want to be in power. They knew that uh, it was probably going to be unpopular. They were going to immediately get taken down because, like, they were outnumbered by the progressives and the liberals. But when Bing goes to Arthur Megan, the leader of the conservatives... He says, sure, I'll form government. This is like the American equivalent if, like, the sitting president took a dump on the Constitution and then we let the dude with the boot on his head rule the country. Yes. This is this is the depth of political scandal that this is in, in the 1920s. It's, it, this is basically, like, a constitutional crisis. The governor general not doing what the government says is like if the Speaker of the House just whipped out his fully flaccid penis <laughs> in the middle of a session. And, and just started helicoptering. And just helicoptered it around. Like, this is the level of political scandal we're talking about. 
Even though it happened to incredibly boring people who follow incredibly boring procedures. Like, this was quite scandalous. This would be like if last week, like, they were like, hey, Obama, your term's up, and he just refused to leave. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, except the opposite, where it's like, Obama, like, you have six months left, and he's like, fuck you and the horse you rode in on. I mean, that would have been awesome. I mean, I mean, I like Obama, but what a statement. What a statement. (laughs) Anyway... I say anyway too much. You do. I stop. I can edit you. Oh, man. You're editable. You're a good person. <laughs> Arthur Megan's government collapses within a few months for exactly the reasons that the conservatives feared. Namely, that liberals and progressives teamed up against them and immediately do a no-confidence vote. So this whole scandal was pointless. It was basically pointless. So the liberals and the progressives temporarily disliked each other. The whole government went to shit, and in the end, they got back together. Yeah, in the in the end, they realized, oh right, we also hate the conservatives, and we ha- both hate them more. This is the like ninth grade relationship. It's of coalition. Many marriages have been built on less. That's all right. <laughs> sure, I'm increasingly worried about your emotional well being, but let's all right. On the bright side, I am very asexual. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. You're in luck. I don't need to understand relationships. <laughs> well, you're in luck because you don't. <laughs> so, I won't get into the scandal that caused the like, the downfall of the conservatives because it is also hella boring and it has nothing to do with Mackenzie King. I, I will spare you this. So an election is called, the liberals win, win and form a minority government under King, exploiting the idea that the governor general unfairly interfered with Canadian politics, never mind that nobody was doing what they were supposed to in this situation. <laughs> well, no. This, is, this, is, this has been a disaster. It would have been probably more elegant to just burn down the House of Commons. This was a fuster cluck of the highest order. It was. We should have gone back to, like, the, the queen should have just took over. Yeah, we should have just gone back to full monarchy. Yeah, like, n- we, we don't get to rule ourselves anymore. Whoever can, like, drive the most logs down the Hudson River is now our is now our leader. Yes. They are now our king. Funny enough, like, in present day, I think that's still Justin Trudeau. Hmm. It might be. It might be. It must, must, must be one of his party tricks. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying he's, like, the most, the fittest man in Canada. I'm saying, like, if anybody in this country knows how to drive logs down a river, like... It's him. Justin Trudeau? I believe in him. I think so. It might as well be him. I don't know who. Most actual log rollers probably don't want the job. Is that still a job? No, there's no <laughs> way that we're still like you. Get a stick and get on those logs. <laughs> Absolutely not. I could just, like, Teamsters would just, somebody would burst a blood vessel. They'd bring back Jimmy Hoffa. It would be, now I'm the one making obscure references. <laughs> I like your obscure. References. Okay, thank you. I, I know things about unions that my uh, that one or more parents happen to be in. So he rules for another little for quite a few years after this, and then he loses an election in 1930 to conservative R. B. Bennett shortly after the beginning of the Great Depression, which he honestly really didn't have a solution to. He did not know how to deal with it. It was very very much like what everyone else was doing. Don't worry about it. It will pass. Recessions pass. This one didn't. The Great Depression? It did not pass. It did not. My favorite story, actually, about the Great Depression that I learned from working at the Grain Elevator was that Canada didn't experience the same dust bowl that the United States did. Mm -hmm. Canada grew a surplus of grain, and then we were like, hmm, you know what would be an awesome idea? 
if we flooded the world markets with grain, which are currently propping up our economy. And then we were like, fuck. Now we should probably go back to exporting human shit because (laughs) it's worth more at this point. Yeah. That was a bad idea. I spent a whole summer at a grain elevator, and I think that's like the takeaway. Mm. Grain elevators are flammable, and grain used to be worth nothing. <laughs> I mean, you could eat it, but like, who eats things? You can blow it up. I don't care about eating it. <laughs> Fun fact, grain. Explosive. It so is explosive. Keep that in mind if you want to do like a November the 5th style attack on Parliament. No, we're not putting terrorist grain. instructions into <laughs> our podcast. I have limits. But I will say that that is like the first thing they tell you with the first day of the grain elevator. Like, these things occasionally explode. Now, uniforms. You're like, hang on. Hang on. I need you to go back. I need. We need to go back. <laughs> so... This loss is not actually because he was that impo- unpopular. His de- he won the popular vote. His defeat was mostly due to geographical disadvantage. So this is so first past the post has always sucked. It has always it's sucked. always been bad. It has always been bad. Gerrymandering, I yeah. guess, has still is just a thing. So after this, you know, like the canal scandal from earlier. It actually turns out to be way bigger than it was before, but oh. it's only discovered after he's out of now office, we're, we're, so it doesn't matter. We're really mad about the canal in Quebec. Yeah, like apparently this one company gave like $10 million uh, adjusted for inflation I was gonna to say, the Liberal Party. I'm pretty sure like all of Canada was not worth $10 million. None in the money of the day. None in the money of the day. <laughs> not even slightly. No. So like, not only was that like construction in Quebec scandal, like, a big deal, it continued being a big deal. Like, it, it followed this guy for a decade. He's <laughs> like, God damn it. <laughs> like, you think Hillary Clinton has a bad time of, like, scandals following her. William Lyon Mackenzie King. I mean, if terrible. we're still mad about Hillary's emails in 2027, I guess we can <laughs> we'll reassess, but... <laughs> That's about the point. We'll, we'll, we'll think about this again. So, as opposition leader, he offered next to no solutions from his seat uh, to the floundering government, which became deeply unpopular. You know what's a really good way of becoming extremely unpopular, Janelle? What? Um, overseeing being me a, at age 12. Being well. overseeing, overseeing an economy where people are starving. I mean... R.B. Bennett honestly gets a really bad rap. Like, people used to call cars Bennett buggies. People really blamed how bad the Depression was on R.B. Bennett, despite the fact, like, he was, you know, Canada's millionaire president, and he really cared. He really did. But just like every other political in this era, he didn't know what to do. You are probably the only person I know who has an opinion about R.B. Bennett. Dylan also has an opinion on R.B. Bennett. Okay, but, like, Dylan is just as bad as you are. Yes. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> like, your your best friend is not a good reference point here. <laughs> the two of you, I'm sure, have opinions on everybody who's ever held office in this country, but except the recent ones. I mean, maybe. I gave myself a lot of credit just now for recognizing the name R. B. Bennett, <laughs> but so R. B. Bennett, he felt really bad, and he would actually answer emails sent to him by destitute Canadians, and he would send them money. He would. 
like, try to help them out of his own bank account because he didn't know what policy within the government would help. <laughs> Shit. I don't fucking know, man. Just take the money. Here's ten bucks. Like, just... Like, he, he wants... Like, a woman sent him, an e- like, a letter saying... An email. Not an email. <laughs> that is anachronistic. Say, wow. Is- <laughs> she had email in, 19- in the 1930s. What more does she want? <laughs> She's doing quite well, actually. Yeah, so... Sends him, sends him a letter, says, you know, like, I can't even buy my husband underwear. He sends, <laughs> my her, <God. laughs> he sends her money to buy her husband underwear. I really hope those underwear, like, still exist and are in a museum somewhere. <laughs> underwear purchased with the personal wealth of the Prime Minister. <laughs> For random citizen 12. <laughs> and, like, he did this a lot. He would send, you know, destitute people money and he felt genuinely sad that he couldn't do anything about it but we're not going to talk anymore about him because he wasn't nuts that's true. i mean he gave people underwear money that's it's, is that a mark of sanity i don't know it's weird but the depression was weird it was it was tough times people needed underwear it was mostly like environmental weird rather than inborn weird it was, these were not good years for testicular support it was a bad time. It was a bad time. It was a bad time. I don't know if this was pre, like, the brief, pre-elastic underwear, but, like, it was a bad time. It was honestly probably for the best that William Lyon Mackenzie King went out of power when he did. Because he escaped most of the blame for the Great Depression, despite the fact that, like, he had no solutions to it either. <laughs> well, <laughs> shit. The last guy did it. Yeah. I guess. Because... Voters don't care whose fault it was. They care about the fact that you're in power now and I still don't have underwear. Not cool, dude. Can we have the last guy back? Which is basically what happens the next election. So he comes back to power, William Lyon Mackenzie King, in 1935 with with promises of a U.S.-Canada trade deal, mostly coincidentally after the worst of the Depression was over and conditions were beginning to improve. At least in Canada. It was At least in Canada. Still not fun times in the States. It was gentler in Canada. It was better here. We had a kinder, gentler Depression. Yeah. We had a kinder, gentler 2008 recession. It was more of a malaise. Even when it comes to, like, economic conditions, which are already boring, like, we... We are con- Canadian banks were way more responsible because sometimes being boring is good. <laughs> like, I mean, we, we can't even have an exciting recession. We're just boring all the way through. So boring. So, so boring. boring. Sometimes boring is good. Just keep that in mind. I mean, I have a job now, so I'm good with boring, actually. Nonetheless, he w- built an alliance with Franklin D. Roosevelt, who he was very fond of, through said trade deal, as well as relief programs in housing and employment uh, you know, William Lyon Mackenzie King was very much responsible for the beginnings of the welfare state, such as family allowances, agricultural subsidies, and medical subsidies, as well as union and disability protections. Neat. Weirdly enough, he was very dubious of all of this, but it seemed to be working in the states, it seemed to be popular there, and William Lyon Mackenzie King was nothing if not able of smelling a political wind. He's just, that is a gross way to put that. All right. It is a perfectly normal way. (laughs) 
I don't, sensing a political wind? I don't know what I you don't do with even, political winds. What do you do with political wind? Do you just take a good sniff? Just, oh, smells like American success. Mm, is that protectionism? Just uh, smells like an eagle's asshole. Like, let's just, let's follow that scent. Mm, populism, I can only taste, almost taste it. Oh, God, too close to home. <laughs> too, too soon, too soon. But, yeah, so the Canadian welfare state is really begins during William Lyon Mackenzie King's time. Originally not so into it, but eventually got on board. So let's get to 1936. This is where things start getting iffy with the whole racism thing. Oh, okay, we're back to racism. We're back to racism. I was wondering when we get back to racism. We always come back to racism. Of course. We're human beings. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know that I would say racism is an inherent human trait. It's more just like an inherent white guy in the 20th century trait. It's history. It gets racist. Oh, God. So, the problem of German aggression. King informed the public and Britain that Canada would only become involved were Britain to be attacked directly. This was very popular in the prairies and among the French-speaking population. Well, shit. Prairies didn't want to lose their sons, which were major breadwinners. You need you need that labor. Family farms are still a huge thing at this point. And the French just do not care about the They're like, haha, no one will bomb Britain directly. That'd be crazy. That would be nuts, right? Oh my gosh. Right, Jacques? Right, Jacques? Right? <laughs> there are two French names, Jean and Jacques. <laughs> Male and female alike, it doesn't even matter. They also call the women Jean. Jean and Jacques. <laughs> you know, you might, like, I don't know if they call any of the women Jacques, but like... Jacques-Marie. <laughs> Jean-Marie. Jacques-Marie. Jean-Marie was my grandfather's name. Hmm. There's no, nothing masculine about no. French Canada. They, they, everyone gets the same names. Marie. No one cares. And Jacques. Yeah, like their brother and sister, one of them's Jean-Marie, the other one's Marie-Jean. <laughs> Regardless of gender. <laughs> Regardless, does, doesn't even matter. You probably can't even guess which one is which from, from what I just said. <laughs> so, this is also in line with his general trend towards pushing Canada away from Britain and towards the U.S. Pro-neutrality, most people are pretty into that at this point. This is a European problem, right? But here's the thing about William Lyon Mackenzie King. He also decides, because he's a big boy and Canada's going to be independent from Britain, he decides that he's going to pay Herr Hitler a visit. Oh, no. He visits Hitler in the mid-1930s because he thinks that's a good idea. That spiritualism thing, that becomes important. Oh, yes. Yes. Now I remember this. So King had some weird ideas about Hitler. He did. He had weird ideas. <laughs> Not about even Hitler. like pro Hitler or anti, like just a strange melange of ideas. Strange opinions about Hitler. No, he didn't. Wasn't pro Hitler. He wasn't anti Hitler. He was just weird about Hitler. Which is like today will get you a phone call from the school counselor. It will. Yeah, this is Absolutely. how you. This is how you get letters home. But mm-hmm. back in the day, you could be weird about Hitler. You could be weird about. Lots of people were. Fascism was very popular in Britain at the time. It wasn't a weird opinion. I mean, King's was weird. King's was weird. Even for the standards of the day, which is, of course, the standards by which we go, because we have to, not because we like to, he was weird. 
King saw Hitler as the hero of a Wagnerian epic. God damn. That is, okay, in English. So Richard Wagner wrote operas. Yes. So he thought that he was fighting the forces of good and evil inside himself, and... Wagner wrote, like, 16-hour operas. Yes. With, like... The most famous Wagner opera is about, like, a dwarf in a ring, and there's a woman who's just a torso, mm-hmm. and there's Valkyries. Like it's- It has a lot to do with Scandinavian religion. And Hitler was a huge Wagner fan. King was a huge Wagner fan. King thought that this made, meant they had something in common. They could be pros. So they bonded over opera. They bonded over opera, yes. I mean, if, like, <laughs> if I met a teenager who was like, you know what? I admire Hitler for his taste in opera. I don't even know. Where do you... What would you even feel? Yeah, well, I don't even know. Who do you refer that to? Is that a school counselor? Is, do you just talk to his mom? Is that a composer? Do I get him a piano? Like, I don't understand. Like, I personally prefer Hitler's early work to his later work <laughs> as an artist. Because <laughs> I preferred the painting over the genocide. I mean, that could just be me. Controversial opinion. I know. <laughs> You art critic, you. Yeah, so King sees Hitler as fighting his, like, fighting, basically fighting his demons. He sees him as having good inside and evil inside and trying to overcome that struggle. And King sees himself as Hitler's spiritual guide. Oh, no. Ooh. <laughs> oh, yes. I really wish they lived in the age of, like, paid hotlines. Yes. He could have been, like, Hitler's paid psychic hotline. He could have so, gotten, like, I guess, but, like, the deflation of the day, mm-hmm. like, 18,000 marks per minute. So, King thinks that he has been granted a higher purpose from God to lead Hitler to the pass of peace. This is kind of the point where you should stop leading a country. <laughs> like, when you think that you are Hitler's spirit guide... You you need, I don't know, golf, knitting? Like, you need to do something else. I mean, even my hobbies are better, and my hobbies are weird. You're, you're just a strange... I am strange. You're a strange package. But I am not. I am the spiritual guide of Adolf Hitler strange. No, nobody, nobody is the spiritual guide of Adolf Hitler strange. Except the man who ruled our country for 21 years. Yeah, just the dude we gave, like, all the power in our actual 100% real state that guy if justin trudeau came forward today and told the nation that he was acting as hitler's spiritual guide i think we would launch him into the sun yeah i don't i mean people were tolerant back then i get in some ways in some ways they were tolerant but like the thing (laughs) is we just didn't know we didn't know king kept this to himself like this was this was in his diaries it was only Dear Diary. Dear Diary. <laughs> Today I met with Herr Hitler, and what a delightful chap he is. <laughs> Such a lost soul. Such a lost soul. I shall help him. <laughs> He's like the inspirational inner city teacher, except instead of having disadvantaged students, he has Hitler finding himself. <laughs> so, this is a quote from King. This is not something he said, this is from his diaries. The world will yet to come to see a very great man, mystic in Hitler. I cannot abide in Nazism, the regimentation, cruelty, oppression of Jews, attitude towards religion, etc., 
But Hitler will rank someday with Joan of Arc among the deliverers of his people. Um, well, no. 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 (laughs) Yeah, William Lane Mackenzie King may have been speaking with the ghosts of his many dead dogs, but he was not psychic. Uh, no. Nope, psychic powers are not a go. No. No, that's... I think that one quote is all the evidence we need. (laughs) That was, that's rough. I just like that it's like, I mean, exterminating Jews aside, he's he's a good guy. Like, no, he's really great. I mean, like, on the Jewish thing, like, not my taste, but he's a good guy. It's just like, what did, what, what did he even expect? That he'd be like, you know what, this Nazi thing is ridiculous. I am going into the mountains and I am going to find myself. Yeah. So this is this is again where you know we have to talk about the racism. I mean, <laughs> it's Hitler. So yeah, I don't want to say like, oh yeah, Hitler was bad. I'm being very controversial. Let's talk about William Lyon Mackenzie King's racism because I think one of the reason why William Lyon Mackenzie King doesn't see Adolf Hitler as dangerous uh, is because he mistakes Hitler's racism for his. His kind of racism. He thinks that Hitler is racist the way he's racist, and he thinks the way that he's racist is harmless. <laughs> it's like, oh, I don't want them living next door to me. Them being like any ethnic group that's not, I guess, an English or French guy. And like, but you know, I'm not gonna like round them up and put them in camp. Like, that would be crazy. That would be crude. It would be <laughs> uncouth. Undercourth. <laughs> Yeah, turns out, like, the Holocaust was kind of a surprise. So, you know, William Lyon Mackenzie King, obviously he doesn't genocide Jewish people. He doesn't kill any Jewish people. He doesn't round them up. He doesn't put them in concentration camps. He cannot be accused of that kind of racism. I mean, he did round up the Japanese. That also did happen. <laughs> so, I mean, he does actually round people up and people put them in People do camps. get round up, rounded up. There are up. people, there is rounding up and there is putting people in camps. But yeah. It, yeah. In, in case any smug Canadian person was wondering, we did that too. Yeah, oh, we, we were We were, we in were there. enthusiastic. We were enthusiastic about that one. But uh, yeah, con- the, I guess no Holocaust, so that's a that's yeah. a half a point. That being said, we cannot consider William Lyon Mackenzie King entirely innocent when it comes to the Jewish thing. Be- well, <laughs> because all throughout the late '30s, he refused to open up immigration to Jewish people fleeing Europe. Yeah, it's kind of awkward. To the extent of sending an a boat full of desperate Jewish people back alongside with most other Western nations across the sea. Yeah, and every, pretty much everyone on that boat died. They mostly died. Yeah, they mostly died. That was bad. People at this time were racist, yes, but they weren't this kind of racist. At this time? I mean, pick a time. Pick a time. Any time. People are usually racist. Pick now. Pick now. <laughs> like. um, but they did not, they assumed that their racism was harmless, and it wasn't. No. It wasn't. William Lyon Mackenzie King may have never actually, with his own hands, hurt a non-white person. But he hurt people. And he hurt people through his inability to understand his biases, his prejudices, as wrong. Well, I mean, yeah, he thought internment camps were a good idea, so... Yeah. Not a great start. Not a good start. 
Also being Hitler's spiritual guide. Not a good Not thing. a good start. No. <laughs> I mean, less bad than you would think, considering he considered himself Hitler's spiritual guide, but still very That's bad. That's like the free space on the racism bingo card. <laughs> like, it's not. That it's, is so racist, like, it wouldn't even be on the bingo card. <laughs> yeah, it, it, you wouldn't even think. Most people don't even think to do that. <laughs> I should guide Hitler to a greater spiritual like, awakening. Even most people who are racist... Don't think what Hitler did was cool. <laughs> we would hope. We would hope. I hope. Hey, racists out there. Hitler wasn't cool. It's been a public <laughs> service announcement? God. So, and this was very much in line with public approval. Most people in Canada did not want more Jewish immigration. Similarly, they didn't want more Asian immigration. Like, the head tax was a huge thing for a very long time. Oh, yeah. It wasn't just... King wasn't... Like, everybody was racist. This was just a mm. big... This was a continuation of a grand racist Canadian tradition. Big Canada-shaped bucket of racist. But you know the thing that really hits me about this meeting and, like, the whole thing? <laughs> Hitler must have found this... So incredibly odd. When you creep Hitler out, I mean, you need you need a break. You need a supervision and a helmet. I don't even know what you need. You know, like a this, popsicle, this, a hug. This random politician, this random from leader, Canada, which is from Canada, even more politically insignificant then than it is now. It doesn't matter. It's basically like Britain's plaything. It's just like, hey, buddy, how you doing? Hitler's like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Except obviously in German. Mein Gott. <laughs> mein Gott. During this same time, Quebec, you know, he manages to keep Quebec on side by basically by lying. This is a big part of William Lyon Mackenzie King's legacy. It's why the Quebecois do not trust us to this day. Oh my God, like lying to Quebec is like our national sport. It's it's what we love. It is. We love hockey, we love poutine, and we love lying to Quebec. It's pretty much it. What more do you It's need? what we do. You know, he manages to keep Quebec on side by promising there will be no conscription. And his messaging is linguistically divided. So he is saying something very different to English speakers than what he is saying to the Quebecois. Right. You know, because the English speakers are pro, the French speakers are against. So he spends a lot of time reassuring the French speakers that we won't. And you know, kind of implying to the English speaker that maybe we will. Maybe we will. A tactic that continues to this day. It is still, like, the accusation that you are saying something different to English speakers than you are to French speakers is still very popular. It's Yeah, I mean, it happens all the time. <laughs> it happens all the time. It is very easy because, like... A lot of people are still monolingual. Yeah, who wants to learn both? Who God. wants to learn both? That's too Come much work. on, that's hard. And so we end up in a situation where, and even then, people aren't really tuned into politics. So we do have to have a situation where people are just being told different things. Media is often very separate, and there's not a lot of communication back and forth. Yeah. That's still a fine Canadian political tradition to this day. So in 1942, they have a plebiscite. Oh, am I actually talking about that? I don't know. It's your notes, not mine. My notes are confusing. I just put 1942 plebiscite like I'd know what that meant. Apparently not. Apparently it's not an important plebiscite okay. because there's no notes on it. It is actually an important plebiscite, God and I do it. actually know what happened. I was just surprised that I hadn't actually given myself any notes. 
So what the 1942 plebiscite was, was a question directed to the populace. It's basically like a referendum. I don't know if it was binding. I don't think it was. And it was, hey, guy, so you know that election promise we made where we said we wouldn't do conscription? <laughs> Fun fact, can we? Yes, definitely. Yes, definitely. We definitely, because when it comes to the English versus the French, this is a numbers game yeah. that the French typically do not win. The French usually lose this game. They do not win. That's basically Canadian history again. <laughs> <laughs> So he does this plebiscite, releasing the government from its promise to do conscription. This is where we get a very famous uh, William Lyon Mackenzie quote, which is uh, conscription if necessary, but not necessarily conscription, which is the most Weasley shit I've that ever is, heard. That is some political doublespeak shit right there. That is, he was a very talented politician. Did we mention this? Not charming, but very talented. Unknown to the public until the posthumous release of his diaries... We've discussed around this a lot. King regularly communed with the dead, including his dog, Pat. We've alluded to this, but he had many different dogs named Pat. Oh, yeah. He had one dog name. Like, there's there's Pat the dog, but Pat the dog is like seven dogs. Yeah. All of them are Irish terriers. All of them are dogs. But all of them are- and all of them are named Pat. This is like not being able to let go of your dead pet taken to an unhealthy extreme- with Ouija boards. Yes. Basically, what Canadian historians do is they just number the various pats. He got, like, one dog tag engraved, and was like, you know what? I am not getting this shit done again. This was too much of a hassle. The line was huge. All of my dogs shall simply be named It's Pat. like when you get a tattoo of your boyfriend's name, and then you only can date guys by that name. Yeah. Oh, well, I guess I'm just only going to date Brad's now. What a douchey name to pick, too. Oh, my gosh. I mean, if you're going to tattoo a name on your ass, it's statistically likely to be Brad. Is it? Do we have, a, do we have like, a flock of Canadian Brad's running around? I have seen at least two women with Brad tattooed well, on their tailbones. That's not a good idea. No, it's not. This is, this is an epidemic, it was, and it must be stopped. I wonder if it was the same Brad. Hmm. <laughs> There's just a rogue Brad in Edmonton <laughs> convincing women to tattoo their name, his name on them. <laughs> Brand yourself on me. We're going to be together forever. This man must be stopped. <laughs> Stop Brad. Somebody 2017. Needs to go to an Edmonton City Council meeting and bring this Brad to their attention. It was Grand Prairie. <laughs> oh, okay. Never mind. Everybody's just sad. Everyone's there. named Brad in Grand Prairie. Brad My there. name was Brad before I changed it. <laughs> so, King, communing with the dead. Uh, his dog, Pat, Leonardo da Vinci, his mum, his granddad, Laurier, you know, the leader of the political party he took over. Um, and after World War II, after the death of the noted leader of the United States throughout World War II, with FDR. <laughs> yeah, and asking for policy advice from all of the above. Like, Canada navigated its way through World War II on the advice of seven dead dogs named Pat. <laughs> This is, this is how we got through the war, unbeknownst to us at the time. Not to mention an elderly, deceased mother. <laughs> yeah, this, this is who guided our foreign policy as we navigated the Italian front. Like, this was... Yeah, like, some historians claim, you know, like, he didn't usually make political decisions based on his seances. One medium <laughs> said he, you know, like, she didn't even know he was a politician, but it would his like his the, diaries his suggest. diaries suggest otherwise. Yeah, 
Oh, man. Can you imagine? Yeah. Yeah, I can. It it terrifies me. (laughs) I do not want my political leader... Like, like, they always say things like, oh, I, you know, like, I've asked God for advice and things like that. But usually when you pray, no one is talking back to you. Yeah. So, like, sorry your kid died in that battle I ordered because, like, I mean, a dead Irish terrier from 30 years ago thought it was a great idea. Yeah, like, dead Irish terriers, somewhat less acceptable than, like, seeking religious advice from the creator of the universe. Dead Irish terriers are not military strategists. I will put that on the record. They do not give you good battle advice. And weirdly enough, he continued being successful. You know, he asked his dogs for, his dead dogs and slash dead other people for advice on loads of political matters. And he was one of our most successful prime ministers. So, I mean, he was right. He had Laurier and FDR and Da Vinci, who I can only assume was Ouija boarding in English for reasons unknown. <laughs> Man, sure. I, I mean, if he didn't speak French, I doubt King spoke, spoke Italian. Never mind Renaissance Italian. How do, how do you as a medium, because, like, I mean, this is before the age of Ouija boards, actually. This is This is a medium who is... So he, he actually did have a Ouija board. Oh, he did have a Ouija he board. Did. Never mind. The Ouija boards. Ouija Not boards an anachronism. Ago. Oh, good. He had a Ouija Not an anachronism. Board. Awesome. He also had a crystal ball. Of course. Of course he did. I was gonna say, can you imagine being a medium who has to like channel the spirit of a dead dog? Like, I would already feel bad as a medium being like, I'm scamming this fucker. Like, I feel bad about this, but then like having to sit there and just bark. At him, <laughs> I mean, can, there's can, limits. Can you imagine? Probably mediums get asked to commune with dead pets quite a bit. I suspect that's a thing. I'm not saying anything about the psychology of really devoted pet owners. I'm not saying anything. I'm distinctly, loudly not saying anything. (laughs) But I imagine it was much weirder realizing that the dude you were helping commune with the dead ghost of FDR actually knew the guy when he was alive. I think that's weirder. I think it really speaks to like political awareness at the time that you could... Meet with the Prime Minister of Canada. And you just didn't know. for Yeah, for years. And just be like, shit, that guy was in power? I, I think that's Damn, like... Damn, I gotta sp- open a newspaper. <laughs> Jeez, I gotta look at these all these old white men a little more carefully. Like, was he paying by check? Like, was he... Or did was this a cash-only affair? Like, It was in person. I, I Yeah, I assumed, like, I guess she wasn't going to Sussex Drive. Like... Apparently not. In, in her defense, like... We get less, we get way more images of our prime ministers now, and they're all boring. <laughs> yeah, I know, but she met with the dude for years, and like, how do you forget a dude named William Lyon Mackenzie King? Like, uh, how he went do you... by Billy. He went by Billy. Billy, we know it was Billy. Oh man, my name's Billy. And okay, I wanted, why does, why do all Canadians in the early 20th century have Texas accents to you? <laughs> I don't know, but my name's Billy, and I'd like to talk to my mom. He was from Kitchener. That's not a Kitchener <laughs> I accent. I don't know what Kitchener people sound like. I don't care what you he think was, of Kitchener. He was born there when it was Berlin. His accent was probably like, yes, I would like to speak to the dead ghost of my mother. I don't think we just like lose German accents when we stop naming a place after Germany. <laughs> like, I think that this is how this is how this works there's a london ontario i think they all sound british i don't i think they just sound sad mm, probably they live in london i know i knew a guy from london ontario you also know him he got stabbed there oh as a child that that was 
I was wondering where we were going with this, but <laughs> stabbed was not the direction I anticipated. As a child. That's child stabbing. By another child. Then I stand by my my statement, London is a sad place where people will stab your children. <laughs> Usually other children. <laughs> Even the children there are rough. That's the official motto. London, Ontario. <laughs> Get your kids stabbed by other kids. Here's the thing that I wonder. Do you ever wonder if he mentioned these things to Churchill? I mean... Or Roosevelt? Would you tell or anybody? Or Stalin? I would kind of just want to, like, take credit for all this work. I'd be like, ha fuck you, FDR. Like, Little do you know, my dead dogs helped me. Yeah, no, like... I'm, I'm brilliant. I mean, I hope that if he ruled Canada for 21 years, he had the wherewithal to not be like, yeah, you know what? Pat the Irish Terrier says that this tax is a good idea. <laughs> I mean, he was probably better off being a kind of quiet, unsociable dude. Yeah, it, it was actually in his advantage to have no friends and talk to no one. <laughs> that was the he, he best not, political move he could have made. <laughs> he, he, didn't, he needed not to say these things to other people. He needed to not talk or Some, not have friends. Sometimes there are thoughts that should stay inside your head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I take policy decisions from a dog is one of them. And... Most people are probably not aware that Canada was a major part of that particular group of people, that particular group of world leaders, the allies. Um, you, you probably have seen him in pictures, actually. He's that guy just standing off to the side while Roosevelt, Churchill, and Stalin are hanging. He kind of looks like, you know, if... He's sort of there. If Churchill had a, like an illegitimate half-brother who was also an accountant... That's a very specific description. This is how you describe people to yourself and you see them on the street. You're just like, hmm, interesting. Well, I'm face blind, so otherwise I don't remember. That's true. You have prosopagnosia. Mm. Just like basically conditions inside wrapped in skin. That's that's what you are. I mean, like people have faces and they move around, but I don't really understand. That's me. terrifying. <laughs> you make people just sound like a shifting colony of parts. <laughs> that's basically what they are, right? Sweet dreams, kids. <laughs> That's what they look like to me. Oh my god. This is why I was socially awkward as a child. (laughs) Among other things. I could see you like just being really close friends with a spider as a child. Like I think that's the kind of childhood you had. I was arachnophobic, but I respected the spider. (laughs) I have a a hearty respect for the mighty spider. (laughs) They do good work, spiders. It's like fire. I both fear and respect you. (laughs) You know, you know the history. Eventually, German aggression becomes too much. Britain gets its panties in a knot, declares war on Germany. And we declare war at the same time, but separately. Yeah, that's true. We made a big deal out of this. We're like, you know what? I'm making the decision all by myself. It was a coincidence. I was always going to declare war on Hitler. Totally. Come on, you guys. And this was, of course, in 1939. Well, before the Americans. Ha. <laughs> ha. That's a weird point of pride we have as Canadians. I don't know why we're proud of entering a war three years before they did. Yeah. Like, it's it's not really something to be proud of. It's, it's not cool. Most people did not actually know the Holocaust was happening at this point. No, at this point it was more of just like, fuck Germany in particular, sort yeah. of. We're we still kind of mad. We were just mad about, like, World War One, and now we're mad again. We're just kind of, just a lot of misplaced aggression. Like, the amount of, like, vanglory that we have, like, oh, yes, we stopped the Holocaust, we stopped Hitler from doing those evil things. No. One? No, we didn't. 
That was besides the point. We didn't even know. Bonus. That was just kind of a bonus. It was just like it's like we we go in there like, whoops, looks like he's been genociding people. (laughs) Shit, I didn't know that. Shit, man, fuck. Dude. (laughs) Mostly we just hung out in Italy. Basically. That was sort of our thing. Yeah, eating pasta. Mussolini and pasta. The way Mussolini died was pretty horrifying. I mean, like, I don't feel bad for him. I actually don't know anything about Mussolini. Um, he tried to escape with his wife. They were found out, murdered, and hung up by meat hooks. Oh, meat hook death. Meat hook. Excellent. Mmm. Mm, meat yeah. hooks. I guess that's why it's not in the Alberta curriculum. Yeah, it was horrifying. Yeah, we don't we don't put meat hooks. No. That's that's mm. gross. Alright. It was up, yeah, upsetting for children. I, I not imagine. safe for kids. I don't think meat hooks are safe for children, although, you know. I mean we used to like different kids work time. with them. Different times. Different times. Different Very times. different times. The Industrial Revolution was horrifying. And be glad that it happened, and that you weren't alive for it. We had, like, full child employment. Yeah. What more does a child want than a 12-hour-a-day factory job and eight Come of their on. original fingers? <laughs> what more does a man need? Come on, they had work. <laughs> Builds character. And breaks bones. Does not build fingers. Not no. not good for retaining. They do not grow back. No. It turns out that shit's kind of permanent. Mm. As is black lung. <laughs> oh, Great. <laughs> And brown lung. Brown what? lung Brown lung is what happened to cotton mill workers. Oh, mm. don't breathe cotton. Yeah. I'm learning a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. I don't have a history degree. This is entirely for my own pleasure. Are you telling me I can't breathe asbestos too? Because I'm gonna I'm gonna flip out. Canada was actually was like really resistant to the We're the main source of asbestos, like our we, bad guys. We had literal asbestos mines. I know, it's Quebec. Yeah, so we were super resistant to it becoming not a thing. Yeah, unfortunately, we're not resistant to cancer, so yeah. it turns out that affects us too. It had to not be a thing. It had to not be a thing. Our university didn't rip out all the last of the asbestos till like 2012. Yeah, I was 13. here when they did that. Yeah, I was here when they did that too. They closed the building for a year, and it was like, oh, are we renovating? Oh, no, we're just getting rid of the asbestos. I was like, well, Comforting. my lungs feel itchy. So. <laughs> I need to go eat some soap. I need to, yeah. I, I need to go figure out if you can survive inhaling soap. I need to go lie down. <laughs> so King maintain, goes, in, goes to war against Germany, maintains Francophone support, and outmaneuvered the Duplessis government with that whole conscription business. I mean, did he outmaneuver it, or did Pat the dog outmaneuver it? Because at this point, we don't know. History will we never literally know. don't know. We just we can and never it know. is terrifying. That's scary. It is very scary. Nonetheless, two years after the plebiscite in 1994, conscription goes into effect. As well as the internment of Japanese Canadians. Yeah, that was worse. That was worse. That was probably worse. Like, maybe people fight bad. We didn't really conscript that many this time around. Yeah. I mean, conscription's bad, but I feel like racial profiling and also camps and also stealing all of the possessions of Japanese Canadians. Yeah, that was was very bad. That was also bad. You know, relatively few were conscripted. It was mostly volunteers, and they only went to conscription when they were too far below the numbers they needed. People were actually pretty stoked for this one. Mm-hmm. And I mean, way less of us died this time, so... Way less. Canada was actually more useful to the war effort through supplying food and other supplies. <laughs> well, we had it just sitting there waiting to explode, so... <laughs> what else are we supposed to do? They want us to send explosives. How about this grain? Even better! <laughs> 
people are gonna do like, it purpose. Nobody set grain on fire. It's not pleasant. Don't. Don't, don't do don't. it. People will die. Possibly you. Bomb makers tend to die a lot. You will rarely see a good, like, if you're a bad bomb maker, you do not last long. You don't see anything. You, just, you don't see anything. <laughs> you just die. Poof. Is that still a job, bomb no. maker? Yeah, I didn't think so. I think it's... I we think make it's... robots do it now. <laughs> oh, that's kind of sad. We haven't given the robot sentience, so it's okay. I just have this image of, like, Wally building a bomb and then getting Wally! horribly blown to pieces. <laughs> yeah, more or less. <laughs> Death of a dream. So, while William Lyon Mackenzie King, with the help of Pat the Dog 1, Pat the Dog 2, etc., etc., leads Canada through World War II, he also becomes the first ever actual Canadian citizen with the 1946 Citizenship Act. Yeah, we we were late on that one. Before that, we were all British. Yeah, that is true. We were just British. <laughs> we we were late on a lot of things. It was like the 1980s before we were like, shit, we don't have a charter of rights. We Fuck. were almost halfway through the 20th century before we were like, hey, so we're a country. Maybe we should put out citizenship? Man, yeah. like Dude. We print some passports. I mean, I've been meaning to get to it. It's just, it's been a long time. You know, it's cold out. I don't want to go down to the post office. <laughs> Shit. I have a lot of errands. The snow's covered the door. I can't open it. Yeah, there's there's people alive today that would have had to switch their citizenship over, which is hysterical. Oh, it's fascinating. He was also one of the founders of the UN, although he later became quite cynical about it, as have most people who have read the history of the UN. They do good things. They try. They try. They try. The 90s were rough. He was a participant in the early Cold War, and he retires in 1948. And in 1950, he dies of pneumonia. Oh. Yes. To be with pets. To be with the many, many pets. So, I mean, it's kind of a happy ending. He got to go hang out with Wilfred Laurier and a collection of dogs named Pat, (laughs) which are going to be totally unmanageable because they have all the same name. Yeah. Completely unmanned. Here, Pat. Here, Pat. Woof, woof. Yeah, I hope you want every single dog to do the same thing at once, because that's that's all we can do now. Yeah. You created this. This is your fault. They all sit or none of them sit. (laughs) This is how. (laughs) Don't do this. (laughs) This was a bad idea. This was a bad plan. You need to be able to distinguish between your many ghost dogs. I guess they just become numbers. Eventually. Or they like sort of bleed together and you don't remember which pat you're remembering. Which which one of you led us through Normandy? Hang on. Which one of you? <laughs> one of you had really good advice about the Cold War. This is this is no way to run a country. This is no way to run a it's country. It's amazing we made it to 150. So, William Lyon Mackenzie King. Crazy, but not like super crazy. He liked Lake Boys he and liked Ghost Dogs. Lake Boys and Ghost Dogs. He was one of the great leaders of Canada, and after he died, we found his diaries. That's where it went wrong. And that's where things really started going down for the legacy of William Lyon Mackenzie King. So the moral here is, you can talk to all the ghost dogs you want, and put up all the fan art you want for all of your dead friends, and you can even be the spiritual leader of a despot. (laughs) Just don't write it down. <laughs> just do not. You can do whatever the hell you want. Just don't write it down. Don't. <laughs> and then give it to someone. 
Do not. Do not will anything to your children that could be incriminating. Well, I think I've learned a valuable lesson here tonight. I hope you have. (laughs) All right. Well, this has been Fat, French, and Fabulous. And this is Janelle. Et je suis Jessica. And uh, happy nightmares. A bientôt. Thank you so much for listening to our two-part episode on Canadian politics and William Lyon Mackenzie King. Um, We'll be back next week with some other strange topic. In the meantime, if you like us and you don't want to miss any episodes, which you don't, you can subscribe to us pretty much anywhere. We are on iTunes. We are on whatever Android uses for podcasts. We're on a variety of fun, fabulous podcast apps. Um, Pick your favorite. You can also find us on social media. We are on Facebook as Fat French Fabulous. We are on Twitter at Fat French Fab. You can also find us on Twitter individually. I'm at Very Bad Llama, and Jessica is at I Am Not a Lungfish. Um, if you really like us, you can leave us a review. Thanks to everybody who's already done that. We really appreciate it. And other than that, we will see you next week. 